big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name is Marion Rose. And I'm Lael Stone. And today we are skipping the the chat. Because <laughs> there's nothing going on in our world. Because <laughs> I'm still in lockdown. Marion lives in her beautiful <laughs> oasis and not much is going on. But you did just say to me you got new solar panels. So that's exciting. Well, my solar panel man come, came and visit because the old ones were broken. So I'm very yeah. excited about that. But yeah, that's about as exciting as <laughs> I bought a new dress. That's about it. Really. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> and I'm just still navigating what it's like to live here. <laughs> The most lockdown city. So not much to report. Um, so we're going to just move past that and let's, um, I mean, this that. is, I have to, maybe we'll share this little piece that I love that before every time we do a podcast, Mary and I kind of do a check-in and we end up just sharing what's going on for us, moving some feelings, end up laughing. We just end up having more fun just chatting about life. But now we're like. Crying. There's been crying on my behalf. Been crying. Been a, that was like one of the longest ones. Uh, well, yeah. Partially because every time we went, well, what should we start the podcast? And I went, but one more thing can I just tell you? <laughs> it's a beautiful way. It's like, um, you know, we talk about in Aware Parenting about the importance of having an empathy buddy or a listening partner. And that's what we do for each other. And, and we often talk about how we need to do that before we record a podcast. So if there's anything big for us that's up, you know, then we're not talking with judgment and we're not talking with our feelings that are not have not been processed we try and move them as much as we can so we can you know talk as openly as possible so it's powerful glorious segue that is because I mean such a core thing it's going to relate so much to what we're talking about today because the more we get to do that and the more our children teens babies get to do that the more clearly we can think and often in this culture we're told to just you know think clearly if we've got a whole load of big feelings those are the ones that bubble up and when we get to have those lovingly heard we can think clearly we can we often come to decisions that we were you know trying to work out or we you know we see things literally also physically the everything becomes our vision becomes clearer so it's so apt for what we're going to be talking about which is, is yeah which is blame and shame and I think the reason why we came to this topic is because both of us have had experiences in the last week or two um, talking to people or different clients and stuff like that where there's a strong theme around um, you know, my child is this way and they're, they're just behaving badly or that's just who they are. And and we wanted to just bring some more awareness or understanding perhaps to the conversations that we maybe have within our heads or the narratives that we run around, you know, um, thinking that our children are a certain way, whether that's they're naughty, they are just, they are high maintenance, whether they're too sensitive, like whatever we often sometimes label our children with, which can be something that we do when we're not really wanting to sit in what it feels like for us. And so, I mean, I want to start this podcast, I think we both do, with as we often talk about deep compassion for where we are as parents, because, um, you know, I, I have felt like this as a parent and Marion, you said to me, I, you have also done this as a parent. And it's something um, that I think is really important to bring our awareness to and why we always talk about doing the work 
on ourselves because often what happens is when we don't, we project onto our child about the way they are or why they make our lives tricky or why they make it difficult or, or, and, and often again, it is, it's a beautiful protection mechanism that we use because we don't want to lean into how that feels for us. So perhaps I would love to start right off just sharing how I used to do this with my son when he was little. So this is way before I um, knew anything about aware parenting and when I was just a, a young mum. And my perception of my son was he's so difficult. Now, in hindsight, I look back and go, he actually wasn't at all. He was actually a very cruisy, happy little bubba. Um, and, and particularly as a toddler, but I was so in my shadow. I was so in a place where I was not meeting my own needs. I had no self-care. I was really still in shock from a pretty traumatic birth. And all I could see in front of me was a child who was difficult, who wasn't doing what I wanted them to do. And so I'd constantly used to say, he's just so difficult and he's so hard. And then I'd watch him with other people and they'd be like, he's so delightful and he's amazing. And I'd just be like, no, you don't see what I see. And as I look back now, and I'm going to give myself a lot of gentleness and love and compassion, you know, from that mama from 20 years ago. God, I feel old. Holy hell, my son is 21 now. Um, I look back and see that so much of what I was projecting onto him was was stuff that I just wasn't able to feel or even acknowledge or even move into understanding because I was in such a place where I was really struggling. I wasn't getting the support I needed. I didn't have the understanding I needed. And and the only way I could make sense of that situation I was in was to project onto my son that he was hard, he was difficult, and if only he did what I wanted him to or only he would cooperate or all those kind of things, then it would be better. And, and my life would be easier. That's really what was going on for me. And I look back at, at that layer from a long time ago and I wish I could give her a hug and say, oh, honey, you know, this is really hard. And, you know, what I needed deeply was support and understanding, compassion, all those things that I didn't get at that time. So I wanted to set, share that story straight up and maybe, Marion, you want to share where that's at for you so that anybody who's listening who perhaps is feeling, oh, God, maybe I do that with my child, I, we really want you to, to know that we deeply understand and there's a lot of compassion. And the reason why we wanted to talk about this is, again, to invite people to lean into the stories we tell ourselves and the dynamic that may be going on with your children and what the gift is in that for you and your growth. So that's our real motivation for, for talking about this. So what about you, Marion? Where's your lived experiences in this place? I do want to talk about that. I'm really happy to share about it. Um, but I actually want to speak this before I forget it, which is what came to me as you're speaking is um, to really understand that in what I call the disconnected domination culture, that's not what Aletha calls it. Aletha's the founder of Aware Parenting, but I call it that, is that we are taught from a very young age to rather than feel our feelings and to know what we need is to judge others or ourselves to blame to cast blame on others so I, I think that can really help in terms of having deep compassion for ourselves that we've if you're speaking English uh, listening to this podcast you will be we have grown up in that culture where we're literally trained to do that so again just so much compassion this is so normal and natural to do that and I think for me the what I see the difference with aware parenting is um, to perhaps more uh, old-fashioned styles of parenting is that we might still do that 
but we will tend to then notice that we're doing it and know that we can repair rather than um, in an older style of parenting where we, that might be like the foundation of the parenting style. You know, children are difficult. Children are X, Y, and Z. You know, there's, you know, children are, um, you know, we need to feel sorry for them because they, you know, can't control their feelings, those kinds of things. So for me, there's a difference between having those judgments and that being part of, our, you know, where we stand in our belief that we, the, the parenting style supports that and aware parenting and other styles of parenting, which are about seeing with compassion when we do that, but knowing that that is part of our own cultural conditioning, part of our own hurts and that we can gradually peel those away. So we do more and more clearly see, oh gosh, I'm finding that you know I'm in pain right now or this is reminding me of something or they've got upset feelings that need to express so to me it's a there's a real difference between those two that I find really helpful Mm, that makes sense I think that's a beautiful explanation I love how you always bring in a bigger picture understanding explanation I love it I love that (laughs) so you're genius and I think again that that's a really important piece of information to know that that is what we are taught you know, I'd love that you brought that in. That is our default on some level is to always look outside of ourselves and go, well, if you did this, then I would be okay. And we do that to our partners. If only you did this, if only you could see what I need, if only you could do this and do that, then it would be okay. You know, or if only my parents supported me better, if only my parents did this and this and this. And again, there's a lot of hurts that go with that, but we are taught to to not own and take responsibility of our own feelings, but to project onto others to behave or do the things that we want them to do in order to make ourselves feel better. Yes. And and again, what we talk about, and actually we were talking about it earlier on about the empathy buddies is that there's a big difference between maybe thinking those things, maybe even saying to our child, maybe repairing, but also going to our empathy buddy and saying, I have this judgment or a therapist or our counselor or our aware parenting instructor I'm judging my child like this I'm telling myself that they're this I want to make them do that to to do that in service of having that lovingly heard so that we can get to move deeper to our true compassion to what's actually really going on for us you know to really so so there's the expression of this in service of deeper connection and healing and there's the expression of this which just uh, you know, in different parenting paradigms, which just kind of confounds and cements the beliefs and makes them deeper. So again, I think it's really important. This is we're not saying, you know, just pretend that you never have a judgment of your child. If you have a judgment of your child, the most helpful thing is to if you've got an empathy buddy, go and share it with them yes. when your child's not around, because that will free up everything. And I have to I get excited about this point because it's something that's so I see it a lot of the time. I think in our culture, in our desperation to not feel how it's stuff, we're often sold things of, well, just do this and and it'll be fine. And whether that's, you know, like we can talk sometimes about spiritual bypassing, right? If I just do this, then it's okay. Uh, You know, and whether that's, I mean, look, I use all sorts of alternative things, but, you know, it's just smell these oils and it'll be fine, right? Or do this and it'll be okay. And all of those things definitely have a place, right? But when we avoid the feeling and the realness of it and we try and band-aid it with something else, then then a bit like what we talked about in our last podcast last time, which was about really being present and not, you know, kind of distracting from the feelings. But if we can really be present and own where we sit with us, then exactly as you say, it gives 
in my words, spaciousness for us to feel it and move it so we can come back with more compassion and empathy for our children. And so, you know, we are so good at bypassing the human feelings that we don't want to feel. And again, we've been trained to do that as well. And so I, you know, in my, all my years of aware parenting, one of the biggest things that I would do when I would ring my listening partner, empathy buddy, is I'd be like, this is what I'm pissed off about. This is what I'm making it mean. <laughs> and I would just be really real. Oh my God, this is what I want to yell at my kids in this moment, right? So I would just own the human part of me that was angry and frustrated. And this is what I wish I could say in these moments. And, and being able to feel the upset, the anger, the frustration, all those kind of pieces, and for it to be heard lovingly, I would either end up laughing or crying and being able to then move and feel into the deeper feelings that were sitting underneath where perhaps I wasn't getting my needs met or there was some bigger stuff connected to my past or whatever it was, but the opportunity to feel it and to speak it is so powerful because then we genuinely feel and move it. And I often used to say to my kids, you just, you just have to feel it for a bit and then it will pass. Like, you know, it's, don't be frightened of it because it's it's meant to move. That's the job. It's emotion. It's emotions moving. It's feelings. It's, you know, so, you know, if we can learn to just go, hey, I can feel it and move it, then, then again, opportunity, possibility opens up for where we need to go. So I love, love that part you just said, Miriam. Yes. And do you know what, as well, my, my experience, and I know yours is too, is over time as, as we get to do that over and over again is, and we're changing our inner dialogue and we're learning more and more just about, oh, this is feelings and needs and what's going on is we then do just naturally get less judgmental. And if we do have some judgments pop up, we can easily go and share them again with a friend or empathy buddy to know that there's something there. There's always something, there's always some feelings underneath that or some needs, or there's just going to be something going on that can that can move and flow so we over time I think you know that whole judgmental frame of reference that blaming shaming um, internal dialogue that we did internalize in this culture actually gets dissipated and we replace it with true self-responsibility and true self-connection which is so much yummier I'd like to say from personal experience it's so much yummier mm. blame you know as the person if we are blaming and shaming on an ongoing basis in a way that we're not again it's more stagnating it just con concretizes everything that is really unenjoyable to live within really not enjoyable at all mm. and look there's a reason why we call this blame and shame because when we were talking about we were discussing what to talk about you know we were we were feeling into that when we do blame our kids if only you would do this or why can't you be like that or whatever that that whether we speak that or whether we just feel that or whether that's where our thoughts are at, that often in that projection, our kids, as we often talk about, are feeling our energy. They're connected to what we're going on. We might be saying one thing, but we're feeling another, and that's usually what they're tuned into, is the next thing that can come from that for children is feeling a sense of shame, is feeling that sense of, well, I'm not okay because you want me to be this way and then that would be all right. Do you want to speak a bit more into that? Marion of your understanding and beautiful awareness around it you know of, of yes. what that can feel like for children and don't you have a, a story for you about what that yeah I'll like go for the you? story and actually I'd love to show a bit of theory because when my mind gets it and then I go oh it's going to go again so I just show Good. a little bit of theory and then I'd love to go to story and come back to theories I find it really helpful the way I differentiate shame and guilt 
So for mm. me, shame is that there's something wrong with us mm. and guilt is there's something wrong with what we've done. Mm. And um, so I just want to, actually I'll just park that for now and go on to my story. And that we'll, if we, if we want to come back to that, we might do. So I have a, um, a story from when I was a child and I was, um, it was my aunt and uncle they'd been off traveling and they had um some a whole load of slides you know I'm I was born in 1968 so this was quite a long time ago and it was like a a, a slide thing you know up in those days when there were slideshows and I didn't want to go I'm very highly sensitive and I just didn't want to sit through hours of slideshows but anyway I went because I was young and my parents weren't willing to leave me at home and they wanted to go and I sat through this really, really long slideshow and I don't even know what I did. I don't can't remember what my behavior was, but I really didn't enjoy it. And I probably um, didn't say much because that's what I was like in those days, being highly sensitive and the whole load of trauma. So um, what happened was my aunt wrote to my dad this whole long letter saying there's something terribly wrong with Marion and you need to go and you know get her sorted out because there's something wrong with her and all this whole thing. Um, I think my mum didn't talk to her for many years after that. But so it was a real, it's a real, what I call a sweet spot for me. Um, because what I saw was she wasn't able to say, oh, you know, I felt uncomfortable. I just wanted to share my stories. I wanted, she didn't say, I want to share my slides. I've got, I've had a nice holiday. I want everyone to enjoy it. And when this child does this thing, I feel these feelings. She just, all she could do was, um, think there was something wrong with me and shame me and so because of that experience I have a particular sensitivity to this and also deep compassion for again that we do this in this culture but I see so often when something's painful for us as parents it is so easy to say there is something wrong with my child rather than I find this painful I find that in so much compassion of course we're going to find so many things hard and painful as parents when we when we do that to a child when we go down a route if there's something wrong with them uh that needs to be fixed rather than even just saying well uh, i've got some really painful feelings that i'm not even willing to look at right now that can be enough of self-responsibility it doesn't even need to be i'm willing to go and get into therapy and spend years looking at this just gosh this is mine this isn't theirs there is something profoundly powerful that we do for our children like you can see I want to cry um, because they carry so much weight they carry so much baggage when we blame them for what we're not able or willing to attend to and my heart breaks and I see it I've done I'm sure I've done it to my own children I know I have at times and we do but I I would love to live in a world where we just do that a bit less (laughs) a bit less because there are these gorgeous little souls aren't they these little beings that come into the world and they are all so gorgeous and and you know it's a big world to come into particularly at the moment and gosh we all they all need they need so much love and compassion and understanding just as we do oh i just really <laughs> want to give marion a hug <laughs> darling that story is okay. big i really i feel that that is huge i think I see this, you know, and what we do in our work, like I, I, you know, we both really champion for the children. Like I'm always thinking, where are the kids? What's landing for children? Anything going on, right? I'm always like, how's this landing with the children everywhere? <laughs> the world's children. Um, because I think 
you know, you are the same, Marion, is maybe it's our own lived experiences and the healings we've done or I don't know, just where life has taken us to just always come back to how do we help children feel whole and seen and enough? And part of that is parents doing the work so that we don't project our hurts onto them. And, you know, I love as you share that story, you know, how different that could have been for your auntie to be able to just say, oh, I found this challenging and I'm disappointed because this, you know, and that's often where we get to as parents, isn't it, is can we deeply accept and love our children just the way they are and what does that come up for us? And I just want to make a note here, you know, we know that children do sometimes have needs or their stuff they, they need support with and and you know I know that for many parents I've worked with you know when something's going there is something off with my child or there's something wrong that has been very beneficial to have that feeling come up for them to maybe for the child to get more support or for them to get more support as a family you know of course we're not saying don't ever do that like you know I always say to parents you know your child best you have to follow what feels right for you but I guess it's the story that may go around with, you know, they're not okay because they are like that yes. or what does that feel for me? And that, you know, that's a big journey as a parent. It's it's huge. So I, I hope anybody who's listening who can hear that with deep compassion, of course we need, you know, when something goes off in us to say something's up with my, my child and I need extra resources or I need support, of course you have to follow that. But then watching where it sits within our bodies around I can't accept that this is the way it is or I feel like there's some, you know, if only they would be somewhere else, it would feel better for me. You know, they are uncomfortable places to lean into, but they're so vital in helping our children feel deeply accepted for the way they are because as we talk about so many times, it's the feeling that they're feeling, not the words we say. It's where we're sitting in our bodies and what we're feeling that they're often tuned into. Yes, I love that you spoke that now and I really want to second that, that so often it can be really helpful, so helpful for parents to say, oh, there's a pattern here and I see actually this kind of diagnosis or this kind of support, this kind of structure is really, really helpful and I see so often the relief in that. And I would like to say, you know, even within that, within the old system, the, the labels given, I think so often it can be helpful to see a pattern, but so often that these things are called disorders or, you know, there's so often some kind of word which intrinsically in it is a shaming word rather than a great, this is the pattern. This is what's going on for this child. This is the way they're, you know, maybe neurotypical or whatever it is and how wonderful to understand a child but again to do that without a, a shaming word or a judgment word although there's something wrong with them but actually uh you know a welcoming of their their difference and what they bring to the world and you know again i'd love to see a world where we just don't have any of those kinds of labels and not actually on anybody really to see that we're all we're all you know even if it's you know whatever it is that uh, within the system that we are in we're all uh, symptoms for example you know even if it's totally. alcoholism or something that that has been a fantastic choice given that that person experienced what they did in their life yes would we love them to um, make a different choice would we like to support them in in something different but there's always it's that deep um, acceptance and appreciation for symptoms for the ways things shop for the amazingness of the human psyche and how it 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 finds a way to deal with what the cards that it has been dealt with it we 
they? Yes. I love that. Yes, it, there's an invitation in that. Like I think about, I was just having a conversation with my daughter the other day about um, like neurodiversity and I was saying to her, we're all, we all sit on a spectrum somewhere. Like we all have different things that there, I don't think there is a normal. There's no normal because what is normal anyway? We all have pieces and quirks and different aspects of ourselves and pieces that we hide and things that we do to cope and because we're human and there is no perfect and and it is it's the deep acceptance for who we are and our humanness and and children as well and you know I think that is you know I I I have been so blessed because our very very close friends oh I feel really teary saying this um had a beautiful son who was born with cerebral palsy and a, and a lot of other challenges and he was nonverbal and he couldn't walk. And, um, you know, I had the pleasure of knowing him since he was a baby up until um, when he passed, when he was 17 and he needed a lot of care. And, you know, we, we were in their lives through this whole time. We used to take holidays together and the biggest gift of being in Oscar's life was watching his parents deeply accept him the way he was, you know, like he had all these challenges, but they used to say, you are just so perfect, Oscar, the way you are. And they only ever saw him as, uh, <laughs> as just this beautiful angel who had come to, <sighs> to open their lives in a whole other way. And it was the biggest privilege to be part of Oscar's life and to support our friends. And my kids were around that as well and learned about that. I look at now, but my older, both my older two children are disability support workers. And I absolutely think that has so much to do with them being around Oscar and the deep acceptance of his humanness and who he was and what they were exposed to and the love that was given to him. I see how important that is in the world. And I, I just feel so privileged to have witnessed this family and the deep love and acceptance they had um, for him. And it was like, that was his gift on earth with everyone he touched, you know, and being here. And it makes me really emotional because I just feel how different could our world be if we could see all children through that lens of the perfection of who they are, even when they're challenging, even when it's frustrating. And what and where I see how powerful this was with my friends was because they had to and they were kind of forced to on some level keep doing the work on themselves to move into deep acceptance. And um yeah, it was, it was so powerful, so powerful. Oh, Lael, I'm in tears too. Thank you for sharing that. Mm. <sighs> you know, I think I'm it like is it. the end of the day um, as we speak for the children, right? Yeah. It is about us as adults leaning into the uncomfortable stuff to see where that work sits for us. So we don't have to pass it on to them. Yes. Like, you know, that the gift, the privilege of having a child and and um, being brave and courageous enough, even if you take the smallest of steps to go, hey, I want to change 
part of what this story's been or I don't want to be this way or even just I always say to people just 5%, just take a tiny, tiny, tiny little step into being curious about how you're feeling or reaching out to somebody or anything that is a, a small piece of willingness to lean into what might be there for you so that we no longer have to keep passing the burden down. That's that's how I say it. Such an incredible gift, isn't it, to do that? Mm. When you were speaking as well, I'm thinking as well that the differentiating out the, the deep compassion for who they are as unique beings, like their true selves, who they really, really are, and deep compassion for the behaviours that they're showing that may be indicating unmet needs or painful accumulated feelings and deep compassion for the control patterns and ways they suppress their feelings. So I see it as like being able to have uh, that deep acceptance and compassion for um, all of those whilst knowing that with aware parenting, we can support change to happen in behaviours that are indicating they've got upset feelings or are indicating that this is a control pattern, they're suppressing painful feelings. And the power of that to sit with both the deep unconditional love and compassion and acceptance and knowing the places where we can affect change, where us doing our own inner work and us coming in, we can change behaviours. But it's but that is doing that from a very different place of trying to change a child because we think there's something wrong with them or wrong with their behavior. It's an entirely different thing. Yeah, I love that. I love that the perspective shift can make such a difference. And and I wonder if again people are listening and thinking, okay, yeah, this makes sense to me, but what do I do? <laughs> like what now? Yeah. So wonder again because we love to give people some maybe practicals. If you are sitting in a place right now where you are feeling, you know, that judgment towards your child or feeling that blame and you're able to just acknowledge that, what would you say, Mary? What would be your first kind of steps to practical things to help move some of that story? Well, I think going back to what we said, actually having someone who can listen and ideally someone who understands this framework because if you're sharing it with someone who's gonna say yeah yeah I'm gonna swear I'm gonna say a little an Aussie thing I hear yeah they're a little shit aren't they (laughs) you know that they're gonna say something like you don't that's not gonna be helpful we don't want to to express it to someone who's gonna judge our child or judge ourselves so that's the first step I think for me I do things a bit differently which isn't so much aware parenting so my own map would be like differentiating out um, you know what we're thinking what we're needing what what is the younger parts of us showing up which actually again is from Elitha's work so she talks about the three reasons for children's behavior what they're whether they need information I, I talk about what they're thinking uh, what they're needing and what feelings might be bubbling up there from the present or past so I think that can also be a helpful way but I do think it's it's always some form of empathy receiving empathy either from someone else or from inside ourselves or from journaling so that we can just actually get to get to express and feel what is really going on for us behind Mm. the, the judgment 
Yeah, that, I mean, that's always often what we come back to, isn't it? We have to lean into our stuff first so we can have more clarity and space to to be there for our children. So, mm-hmm. yeah, as, as you mentioned, whether that's counselling or an aware parenting instructor or a listening partner or, or journaling for some can just be really powerful, as you said, you know, to to just see what's alive for you in those moments to own it. To, to call it, to speak it. Like I haven't said to some clients, you know, to be able to just say in that moment, you know, not to your child, but I am so frustrated at the moment. Yeah. I am making it mean this, you know, or just, just saying it even out loud brings a, okay, it's here. And I'm owning it. I'm claiming it. This is mine. I'm, I've got this. Um, and I'm watching it and I'm observing it. And I may not know what to do with it, but I, my first step is just going, it's here. It is here. This is what I'm feeling. Um, you know, I was talking to a beautiful mama the other day and, you know, she was saying she watches this pop up and she's in the kitchen and I'm like, can you in that moment just shake your body going, wow, the frustration's here. Like can you do something in that moment just to let your body and your brain know, I see this, I'm here, I'm going to just do something to feel it, acknowledge it, move it in this moment while I'm still having to parent because that's the trickiest thing. You know, in the quiet spaces, perhaps we can lean into it a bit more around what we're feeling and what's going on. But the hardest part is in those moments when our kids perhaps are, you know, pushing, you know, or not cooperating or doing stuff. It's in those moments when those feelings are alive for us where we want to be reactive on some level because it just feels so big. And that's often where we yell or we coerce our kids or we, we throw, you know, if you don't do this, so I'm going to do that. Like, you know, we, we resort to those things that are often done to us. So how can we in those moments take a pause, move our body in some way, do something to just acknowledge this is here. I am here. I acknowledge it. Like we talked in another podcast, my way of doing it is I put it in a box on my shoulder. Oh, yep, putting that in there because I'm going to deal with that later. But for now, what can I do in this moment to try and bring as much presence back to this situation to then just even move past that critical point? Because that's often where, like we've talked in so many podcasts, where the mother rage comes out, whether we want to move into reactivity, where we go to those defaults, which um, which can feel... Not nice because we don't really want to go there, but we are being really, you know, we're being, those places are being activated in us. Mm, yes, I'd love to offer a couple more things which are more on um, the words you use, so the phrase, so particularly you might notice the phrase you're using, I call those charge phrases, so it might be something, like they, they are so difficult or they are being X, Y, and Z, and that can be also uh, interesting, again, at another time to reflect on, um, did we hear those things? Did we hear those about ourselves or about a sibling or someone at school? Because often those, you know, those are acquired, those painful phrases, those judgmental phrases. And the other thing is just not bypassing the feelings. But again, cognitively, it can be helpful. I used to have a little mantra. Um, so, you know, if you're going into judgmental thoughts around, you know, they are, you know, they're doing it deliberately to wind me up or they just want to make me feel like this or whatever it is to have our little um mine was let me see if I remember it now um I think I've shared it before uh they're not enjoying this they're not doing it deliberately they need my help so mm. that's more so if you know they've got things going on they've got behavior going on that's that's you know they need us to be calm and relaxed and present and sometimes if we are telling ourselves a whole load of unenjoyable things this isn't to bypass the feelings but actually 
sometimes it's the, just the thoughts that are creating the feelings in us. We're, we're feeling powerless or frustrated or outraged. So sometimes actually just having that little mantra, oh, yes, I wanted to remember that little phrase that they're actually just needing needing my help. That can be really helpful too. Yeah, I love that. I love that that you shared that and my kind of version of that I think I've shared before is I just imagine them waving a red flag yeah, I almost yeah, imagine I them that. like a cartoon oh, character yes. yeah. hello yes. can you help me I'm flag having a hard time right now <laughs> I used to call it a flag for feelings I used to oh, call yeah. it like a flag um you know like when you play golf yes there's the flat kind yeah. of golf yeah. thing but in there is like where the treasure is so you just yes. go down there's the flag get down there's gonna yeah, be I love it feelings there totally I love it yeah it's whatever makes sense to you right that is helping you again come back to seeing these beautiful children as you know they're just they're they're trying to tell us something it's yes I'm gonna say there's nothing wrong with them no that's exactly it there's nothing nothing wrong with them them. and I'd love to say that to everyone listening as well sweetheart (laughs) there is nothing wrong with you and there is nothing with your child I say that so often to mentees there is nothing wrong with you there's nothing with your child and and that's beautiful because I was just thinking before you said that Marion you know I wonder for people who are listening where this lands in you you know does this turn up for you being told you were too loud when you were young or you're too sensitive or why are you so shy that's what I got a lot like why are you so shy what's wrong with you and be like because all you people are pretty terrified so I'm just going to shut up that's what I wish I could have been able to say and again really wise isn't it there's so much wisdom always always wisdom when we go look underneath any behavior as you talk about soften there's always a really important reason and if we can just welcome that go oh gosh what is the important reason here and celebrate it and and support it my apologies I interrupted you (laughs) it's so true no I I get that like I have such fond memories of walking into places where there was lots of people and I'd hide behind my mum's legs and people would be like I could remember why she's so shy or shouldn't you know and I have such strong sense memory because I was very sensitive as a little one just watching and thinking I'm not going to say anything and what's going to help me here is if I just watch and figure out how you all are until it feels safe enough for me to speak or come out or all those kind of places like it was very clever of me very clever of me like as you say Marion the things that we do are so clever to keep ourselves safe that's what we're learning so I think it's you know that that piece for you guys listening you know where did that turn up for you you know as an adult where you were made to feel, you know, that it was your fault, whether they blamed you for, you know, not being quiet or being too loud or, you know, not doing the chores you were meant to do or making your parents' life difficult or, you know, where did that sit for you and how did that make you feel? Because, again, as we talk about so much in aware parenting, my often default can be when we are having something going on with our children, if you were four or you were 10 or you were 16, what is it that you would want to hear from your parents in those moments? It's such a beautiful thing to think about in then being able to think about what we can offer our children or the energy we want to bring to them. Mm, well, I've actually got um, sitting with imagining you and I, your, your younger you and my younger me, both of whom are incredibly sensitive, didn't say much. <laughs> we would have probably just sat there and looked at each other and not said anything. <laughs> also letting them know which I know we both do a lot of inner work around them but to say do you know what in some years time you two are going to be 
talking a lot <laughs> you think talking a lot we'd probably be like what really yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah totally I want to say something a little bit more about blame as well. So blame in a specific way that, and again, it's the languaging that's built into this, the disconnected domination culture where we have often been taught to say, you are making me feel, <laughs> you are making me feel. And I think it can so easily come out when we're with our children and we've got big feelings coming out and we want to blame it on them because it's uncomfortable. And also, again, I always think it's helpful to remember this is the way the psyche works, that when feelings show up from the past in the present, because we're being reminded of something in the present, it's almost as if it, it needs to seem like it is about the present in order for us to be able to really feel them. And that's the same with children. That's what we talk about, the balance of attention, which is a core principle in aware parenting that so often like with the broken cookie phenomenon that we've talked about that Aletha outlined so beautifully, is they will have a pretext so often that it seems like they're having a massive, big tantrum, a big cry about a really, really tiny thing. And we will do the same as well. And that is how the psyche works. So back to here again, it's so normal of us to think it, my child doing that is creating these feelings in me. And part of the skill and the journey of parenting is as we get gradually get more and more aware of what's going really going on is that they are not making us feel anything. They are so often helping us feel feelings that we haven't felt before. They're helping us see in the ways which we don't acknowledge our needs or we don't listen to our nose, all of those things. And um, I think for me personally, again, it's not specifically aware parenting, that languaging, but I think it's something to be really aware of because if we say to our child you are making me feel that it gives them responsibility which is not theirs it, they are not they do not make us feel our feelings and what I see in my own journey of healing over many years and working with mentees is that can create all kinds of internal confusion when we're growing up and we think we're actually causing our parents feeling and especially if the feeling is something overwhelming for us which it often is because they have big feelings in them it might be outrage it might be powerlessness it might be grief it, uh, it does all kinds of tricky things inside our psyches when we grow up and internalize that and often will show up then in our parenting in our intimate relationships in our friendships when we try to start disentangling okay what is what am I responsible for here where are my feelings where are your feelings um, how much can I listen to myself? How much am I scared of what someone else is going to ask of me? And it's really, really tricky. So you know, I'm particularly, you know, I'm passionate about words and language. That one in particular, I think that that blame through that kind of phrase, I think is something that can be really make a huge difference when we even just say, um, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling so pissed off. And we might say if our kids are old, we might really say, I feel so frustrated right now. But what I found was a really helpful thing in the moment when I was telling myself they're making me feel this, I would literally say out loud, these feelings are nothing to do with you. I've got some really big feelings right now. These feelings are not anything to do with you. And you know, I'd whatever go on from them. And part of the reason I was saying that was not only to tell them that, but to really remind myself of that thing in myself that they, they really weren't causing the feelings. And you asked earlier on about the stories, a story I would share. And that is, I do remember occasionally 
oh, it probably was more than occasionally, like often maybe out shopping, perhaps when they both had some feelings bubbling and just they wouldn't cooperate or something. And I just, I just want to get so blamey. I'd want to shame. I'd want to shame in a really subtle way. And I did do that sometimes, like, you know, in a very looks like a way of parenting. <laughs> But it's a kind of subtle shame here. <laughs> I really thought you would, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, again, so much love and compassion to me. That, so that was, that's, that's what I did. <laughs> oh, I really, oh, I hear that. Oh, I love the humanness of us all, right? And, and of course, if, if you would, if you were catching yourself doing this, or perhaps you have, Join the club. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're welcome because we all do it, right? Um, or we've all done it. And when you have, or particularly in that moment, perhaps you have done it, then remember the power of repairing, yes. which can be you going to your child and saying, I am so sorry that I just responded that way. And I exactly as you say, I had some big feelings going on. And you know, it, you are not responsible for them. And you know, and and there's such beautiful learning in repair because children need to see repair in action they need to um that's how they learn to repair you know there's real beauty in that as well so and it's never too late for healing and again the beautiful thing about aware parenting which is i love so much you know if you have responded in a way that hasn't been great or it's unenjoyable around your kids you know if they've got a story around that then when we are spacious next time or when we are available those feelings may pop up and we can hold space for our children to move what they felt and that was a really in the beginning of aware parenting for me that was just it brought me a lot of peace knowing that I was going to stuff up lots and I did and I'd make mistakes and there's sometimes where I wouldn't listen or there's sometimes I would resort to the things we're talking about and and then if I wanted to go into beating myself up I'm not doing a very good job I would always remember no every day there's an opportunity for healing and so keep coming back to what I need to create enough space to turn up for my children to really trust that whatever they're holding on to there they will bring in time and um and I saw that in action for sure and that was it was of great comfort to go there is no perfect in this and I and I'm not always going to get it right <laughs> so I'm going to get it way more wrong than right in the beginning for sure and if I can be compassionate to myself and I can keep saying, yep, today's hard. What do I need? How, how can I get my needs met? What do I need to help, my, help me find my way back to my center? And then when I was back in my center, you know, most energetically, I would say to my kids, okay, if you've got something that you want to get off your chest from last night, <laughs> I'm here, I'm listening. Like, and sometimes it wouldn't be then, sometimes it would be at later, way later, but I just kept going. Well, my job here is to keep turning up to, to be present and to be spacious for you so that whatever you do need to shift, it feels safe enough for you to shift. And that, you know, that has helped me so much through this whole parenting journey particularly around that I've got to get it right because you're not going to at all. And, um, and yeah, it, yeah. Ah, look, that's a whole other podcast anyway. <laughs> yeah. I love that you brought in repair and uh, what I would love to add to that too, is that it's actually really quite normal and natural. Even if we're not saying to our child, you make me feel is for a child to think that they are responsible for a parent's behavior because of um, particularly when they're younger and their whole um you know in terms of their ego development that's really natural for them to do that so even if we haven't said you made me feel or you are causing this or it's because of you that we're not going to the park or any of those things 
um, even if we haven't done any of that, we've just had a big response or we've behaved in ways that we regret. It's really helpful to say when we're repairing that they are not responsible for our feelings. They are not responsible for our needs. They are not responsible for our behavior because often children will just do that if, we, if we're not really clearly saying that. And again, I think that's one, one of the profound differences is from what most of us experience growing up and again, compassion to our parents, the time that we were born and all of that stuff is mm, unenjoyable things happened, but in those days, parents didn't know and also didn't have capacity to, to do the repairing and to say, oh my gosh, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I think that is all the difference in the world that we grew up going, oh, it was my fault. Or my parent did that, that means they didn't love me. Or my parent did that, that means I am, you know, a terrible person, whatever it was. The more we can get in and repair and explain and apologize and all of those things and to actually take responsibility, which is the core of this, isn't it? To take responsibility for our feelings, our needs and our behaviors, the less likely that they are going to feel shame, the less likely they're gonna blame themselves and take responsibility for all of that stuff, which is not theirs. Um, full stop. I almost feel like I want to say I'm not really just amen. <laughs> yes. I thought you were going to say drop mic when you had your hand oh, up. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is it. Yeah, Oof. yeah, totally. It's powerful, so powerful, so powerful. Yeah, and that, our dear friends and dear listeners, is going to save them a whole lot of therapy when they're older. Mm. Seriously, don't you think that's one of the biggest things that we take? Not that the thing, I mean, that the painful things happen, but that we blame ourselves and we think it was our fault and we think there was something wrong with that and we think that we deserved it. All of that stuff overlays the original experience and makes it way harder to work with and process. Whereas the the painful experience in itself, it's a different thing. I mean, still painful, still processing and feeling, but different, quite different. Yeah, and if like exactly everything you talked about then as the adult, like that, that that's again. Then we see that with the podcast we did a few back, which was about the harsh inner talk, self talk, is so caught up in that as an adult. If that's the story in the loop we've got, then that's what we can often bring to our parenting, and then our children can then play that out. Like all of it is so interconnected, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> amazing, amazing, amazing. All right, um, what would you like to offer? parents would you like to receive would you like to imagine receiving from Lael and I the utmost unconditional love and compassion for every single time if you have done this if you've blamed your child if you've shamed them if you've judged them if you've done any of those things to really um, are you willing to really receive such deep compassion from us and to say, of course you have sweetheart and we send so much love to you um, and we so appreciate you listening to this and we send loving, I'm sorry, I'm speaking for you now. I'm, I'm in the we now. And we, and we, um, we so trust that, that um, things can change. Things can change. You can heal, you can repair. It's all, it's all, you know, amazing changes can happen, whatever we've done in the past. Mm, That is really beautiful. 
I, I take that in. I that <laughs> from myself. Right, from you. you from from you <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah, that's that's really beautiful, Marion, because that's such the starting place. And I think my invitation is, yeah, can you lean into those younger parts of you that perhaps felt like this from your parents or adults around you, whether you took on board that blame or shame or that story of being responsible for other people's feelings or your parents' feelings and where that sits within you and and does that need a whole lot of compassion and listening, you know, for those younger parts of you? Mm. Gosh, this could be a whole, we can make this into an offering, something. There's so much <laughs> richness in there. I can imagine really, I just have the sense of really wanting to sit with people and listen and just mm. love, send love to to all the experiences and hurts and all the things. So mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Is there anything you want to share of your courses or anything you've got going on, Marion? I have a lot of courses, free ones and paid ones. And uh, I do have one place for uh, one one-on-one um, aware parenting instructor mentoring offering at the moment. One little place available. One lovely medium-sized, big, little, whatever size you want it to be place. And Lael, I know you've got your immersion. I have an immersion that starts in a few days. So that starts on Monday, the 11th of October for when anybody's listening to this. So that's our, that's my last one for this year. I've got like maybe three spots left. So if anyone, by the time we get this out there, wants to join, I'd love to have you along. So yeah, that's exciting. That's I'm looking forward to. Yes. Spending eight weeks with a lot of people and looking at all these beautiful stories. And we cover so much of like in the immersion pieces like this as well. They're really powerful. So, yeah. All right. Lovely magic. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and for sharing and all your beautiful comments. And, you know, we deeply appreciate everybody um, who supports this podcast and our work. And, you know, the more you share it, the more, you know, well, we believe it just, it helps the world. So, yeah, we're grateful for all those listeners out there and for the people who are willing to turn up and lean into those uncomfortable places and do this profound work because of how our world's children need it. Mm. Yes. And I also want to add, if you want to come and share how this was for you or just, just share, uh, come and come and share on our Facebook or on our Instagram. We'd love to hear from you and so, yeah, come and come and have a discussion there if you'd like that. We would we would love to hear from you. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks, everybody. So much love to you. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.